0: you'll get an email with a bunch of amazing goodies, the one-page Future Self checklist, the full Future Self course, which will change your life, and other things such as the Peak State Checklist and my ebook, Slipstream Time Hacking, futureself.com. Let's go ahead and jump into this episode of the Be Your Future Self podcast. I'm going to share with you how you can achieve more in one day than the average person does in an entire month. Watch this video to the end because there are several high-level principles that I'm going to layer on top of each other. And if you can get this, you will see that you can... Achieve enormously more in one day than you, maybe than you're right now achieving in a month. And it's not about doing more. It's actually about doing fundamentally less, but better in all things higher quality, less quantity. It also has a lot to do with how you approach your to do list and how you approach the ordering of your behaviors. Not only should your to do list be very small, there's a great quote actually from Jim Collins. He said, If you have more than three priorities, you have none. So if you approach the day with 10 items on your to-do list, you're already doing a 1,000 things at high quantity, low quality. And if you want to get 10 times the return on your investment of time, you want to go for high quality, low quantity of actions and behaviors. Also, when it comes to structuring those activities, you want to apply what would be called batching. So let's just say that there are two things you want to do in your day. Rather than switching back and forth a 100 times, task switching takes you out of flow. Task switching means that you're staying at the surface. A great book on this topic is actually called Catching the Big Fish by Peter Lynch. And he talks about how most people's consciousness, their awareness is at the surface, like in the ocean where they can only see the small fish. And if you're constantly task switching, what that means is that you're at the surface. You're not going deep into flow and you're not having deep transformations. So as a rule, you wanna have maybe one, two, three things max. If you have more than three priorities in your year, you're in trouble. There's a lot of research that shows this, that entrepreneurs who have more than three goals for their year achieve very little. They end up very frustrated because they're at the surface. They're not going deep and they're not experiencing the transformations. So you want to have few items on your to-do list and you want those batched so that you're not constantly task switching. So as an example, today is a focus day for me. And actually, I'm going to share with you one one other principle about having days designated for different focuses. Uh, This is something I learned from Dan Sullivan, the founder of Strategic Coach but I'll share that with you in a second. So for me today, as an example, today was a focus day for me or a a focus flow day, because you do want to design your days for flow. And primarily there's focus flow and then there's recovery flow. So actually I am just going to share with you Dan Sullivan's time system because I think it's really beautiful. He has what he calls, and he teaches this to very high level entrepreneurs and strategic coach. He and I just wrote and finished a book together called 10X is Easier Than 2X. And in that book, it breaks down his time system, but also how how this time system is truly well-designed for high levels of flow and catching the big fish. And so basically at the simple level, you've got focus days, according to Dan, then you've got free days, which are recovery days. And then you've got buffer days, which are essentially administrative or organizational days. Organizational days means preparation days. And he actually got this time system by being in the entertainment business, by being an actor. And he saw that there were focus days, and those focus days were essentially performance days where the actors or actresses were on stage and they were giving a performance. And as you apply this time system, you get 10X better, higher quality in your skill set, such that your performance days become worth more and more and more and more. Think about professional athletes, for example. Professional football players, they may have like 15 or 20 games in the year, and they might be getting paid $40 million a year. So for each performance, they're getting paid a couple million dollars for that focus day. But in order for them to give that high level performance, They've got to utilize their other days, their free days, which are recovery days. When you're going for higher and higher performance, it's all about stress and recovery, intense training, and then intense recovery. And if you study any high performer, it really becomes about depth of training and depth of recovery, whereas most people, they never fully are on or off. And in psychology, specifically organizational and occupational psychology, which is where I got my PhD, there's a growing topic called psychological detachment from work. And basically what it means is, is that you're fully disengaged from work, mentally and physically. You're fully recovering. And that recovery is really important. There's a lot of research in, on flow that talks about active recovery, that you want your recovery to be really deep and active. You know, For professional athletes, they're in ice baths, they're in saunas, they're in massages. But also, it's not just physical active recovery, it's mental active recovery. This is where novelty play, traveling, Actually, Tim Ferriss in his book, The Four Hour Work Week, hit this really beautifully. He talks about mini retirements and about how he would go really deep focusing for a few days, you know, or a few weeks even. You could have focus weeks where you're hitting it really hard, but then you have a full on freer recovery week or, or like five or six freer recovery days. I think what Tim Ferriss talked about is taking a basically one week mini retirement once a month or once a quarter. So you could apply this concept of focus days and recovery days to your weeks, where you have focus weeks, where you're just intensely focusing, but then you have a full-on recovery week. You could also do this on the monthly level, where you have focus months and recovery months. And this is actually something I applied. I'm going to get to a few other principles in a second, but I just want you to understand these high-level principles. As an example, I took two months off in 2022 during the summer. June and July, me and my family, my wife and six kids, we went to Europe for almost two months traveled all over the place and those were intense recovery months or free months and here's where people get it wrong they think that being off means you're not learning actually when you're when you're taking recovery very seriously that's when most of the learning happens think about sleep even as an example sleep is the ultimate form of recovery but during sleep is when you actually experience the most leaps and gains in your brain development, in your learning, in your memory development, in connecting dots. And so, and even research shows that creative ideas usually happen when you're not at work. They actually happen when you're fully recovering. Um, Your your brain and your subconscious is in a more relaxed state. And so it can actually connect the dots. Whereas if you're always on, always off, never fully on, never fully off, then you're you're at the surface. Again, back to catching the big fish. The idea is, is that you want to go really, really deep and not shallow because that's where the big fish are. That's where the big ideas are. That's where the big transformation is. And so taking this idea back to the daily level, you want no more, your best days are where you only have like one or two things planned, maybe one focus thing and a recovery thing planned, like a, a, an active focus and an active recovery. Active recovery could be spending time with your kids. You want to be active in your recovery, not passive where you're just sitting on the couch and staring at the phone. That's not high quality recovery. But you also want to combine that idea with batching activities. So again, the average person has way too many things on their to-do list. They're never fully on or fully off. They're always at the surface and they're task switching not only 10 or 20 times during the day, but 10 or 20 times during the hour because they're getting pinged and dinged while they're trying to work. They're opening email. They're on a tab. They're getting text. And so they're never they're, they're actually being pulled away from flow and focus at hundreds of times a day and maybe even hundreds of times an hour. The average person is at the surface. So no more than three things on your to-do list. One of those should probably be active recovery. One or two things, active focus, meaning like focused activities you're doing at work. And so for me, as an example, today is what I would call a focus day. And so my, my focus days are built around writing books and creating YouTube videos. Today is just a pure YouTube day. Each day should probably be focused on a single thing. This goes to batching. And so for me, it's really blocked into two chunks, three or four hours just to active learning, taking notes, reading audiobooks, walking around my neighborhood. So three hours for learning, two hours for filming videos. And in those blocks, you don't want to continuously task switch. You actually want to be deep in those blocks. There's actually a great um, article by Paul Graham. Pa- Paul Graham is a famous entrepreneurial thinker, and he talks about the difference between a maker schedule and a manager schedule. Manager schedules are people who have every hour their task switching, and most of it's around meetings. Whereas a maker schedule, and if you're a leader or a creator of some sort, you want a maker schedule, where rather than having blocks in the one-hour range where every hour you're switching tasks, you really want time blocks of four to eight hours or more, and you really want days where there's no breaks in the time. And so if you're operating from a maker schedule you probably only want meetings scheduled once or twice a week, one or two days a week, and they're all batched together. Whereas most of your days, there's not breaks in time all the time, but you can actually go deep and be batched on one activity. And this is something I've learned. It's really surprising. And it connects very deeply with research on flow, but also with catching the big fish, is that when you're batching an activity, and this is something I actually learned originally from Ari Mizel. I wrote about this in my first book, Willpower Doesn't Work. Because Ari, and this was back in 2018, but he would have days designated for only one task. So for example, he'd have one day a week where it's just pure consulting calls, another day where he's just writing blog posts. And he would also go to specific environments for those activities. And so he would go to a certain environment just to write like five blog posts in that one session. And this is something I've learned with batching, is that the deeper you go into a single activity, so for example, rather than filming me, for example, rather than me filming one YouTube video one, <laughs> once per day, Monday through Friday to get five for the week, if I just batched for like three or four hours and just filmed five straight in a row, here's what would happen. Because I would be going deeper and deeper and deeper into flow on a single task, maybe the first two videos, I'm, I'm, I'm at, I'm at uh, a little depth of flow. If you're thinking in terms of the ocean, I'm getting deeper and deeper in flow. The longer I'm in a single batched activity. Maybe by the time I get to video three, four, or five, I'm so far down into flow and there's not any task switching or distractions that the quality uh, fundamentally transforms. And again, this is about having higher quality, less quantity in all things. Now, there's one other aspect of looking at your day that is very important, and that's actually looking at your average results or behavior for a day. We all have an average. You know, for the next seven days, I'm going to have seven different days, but then you can equal those out and average them. And those averages could be based on quality. Give it a scale from one to 10. And I'm I'm going to be the one who's ultimately going to determine what, where I'm getting, but we all have a ceiling and a floor. And the middle of both of those things is your average. And your average is ultimately what's indicating what you're getting in life. Now you may have a really high ceiling where for a few hours, you're extremely focused, you're getting a lot done. You're, and, and, and ceiling means high quality activity that's towards your goals. You, you have different goals than I have goals. And so it's high quality and high ceiling means that these are high quality goal relevant behaviors that are taking you in the direction you, you want to go. And so you may have a high, high ceiling on your day, but you also may have a really low floor. And a low floor means that you're still engaging in many activities throughout your day that are literally taking you the opposite direction of your goal. So this is, so you may, you know, in terms of your ceiling, do two or three things that are really good, taking you where you want to go, but then your floor may be so low that you may be taking three or four steps backwards that same day. And so the the average ends up being in a net neutral. Yes, you took like three steps forward, but you also took three steps back. You want to look at your floor and your ceiling and you want to become aware throughout your day when you're engaging in something that's lowering the floor of your day. If you can start raising the floor of your day, then you're going to have a lot more integrity. And again, how you do anything is how you do everything. This is a key aspect. And so not only do you want to do less things better by eliminating the 80% using the 80-20 principle, 80% of the things in your life are a distraction from your future self. Only the 20% of things matter that's relevant to your 10x future self. And so you want to weed out the 80%. You want to weed out most of the things on your to-do list because most of those things on your to-do list, if you have 10 items, eight of them are a waste of time. Only one or two batched well in deep flow are going to make a big difference. Looking at your day as ceiling and floor. Yes, you want to have a high ceiling, but just as important, you want to raise your floor. And, and so let me give an example. We all have our own self-defeating habits and behaviors. We all have our own, and, and, and these habits come for a reason, by the way. There's a really brilliant book on the subject called Immunity to Change. Basically, the main idea is, is that we all have changes we want to make, but we also have subconscious commitments we've already made that are actually stopping us. They call it keeping us immune from the changes we want to make. They're they're subconscious commitments that we're still holding on to. Those could be a story about our past or our identity. It could be reasons we engage in those self-feeding behaviors in the first place. And so you want to become aware. A big aspect of meditation and a core aspect of meditation is not to stop yourself from thinking thoughts. It's to actually catch yourself when you're thinking and pull yourself back to center. And so that's the that's the act of recommitting, becoming aware and then recommitting and coming back to intention. So you're either acting out of habit or intention to actually live a brilliant, powerful, intentional, beautiful life. You want to become increasingly conscious and stop operating so much out of unconscious habit. Uh, you want to catch yourself when you're when you're habitually going back to old ways, when you're being more your past self. By the way, the eighty percent is your past self, whereas the twenty percent is your desired future self when it comes to the eighty twenty rule. So as an example, I have a bad habit of randomly watching YouTube videos when I'm driving. I don't watch them, but I listen to them, just random commentaries. Some of them are, are goal-specific, like I'm writing a book right now all about time relativity and psychological transformation. And so sometimes I'll just listen to really cool videos on time relativity, on physics and space and psychology. And those ones are great, but a lot of times I'll just dip into low quality. And, and so whenever I'm engaging in something that's low quality... And all, and also not, and it doesn't match the quality or the standards of my future self. Then I'm actually remaining at my current self, and that represents a low floor. But also, if I'm engaging in activities, call it, I'm eating junk food, or I'm just randomly scrolling social media, or I'm doing things that are ultimately representing not my desired future self, low quality, right? And by the way, the higher up you go in terms of high performance, it becomes less margin for error. If your average at what you do, you can have huge margin for error. You could also be radically inconsistent. Sometimes you can have a high ceiling. Sometimes you can have a really low floor. But as you get closer and closer to expert or master level, a lot of it becomes about not making mistakes. And so that means raising your floor. The the real masters, right? The people who are are master level versus those who are like even expert levels, the expert level people still make more mistakes and those mistakes are what ultimately stop them. Um, Whereas the Masters, they may have a little bit higher of a ceiling, but they've raised their floor so much that they're more consistent. My son Caleb's a tennis player, for example, and two players could have equal skill, but one has a lower floor, meaning they still make mistakes and still shoot themselves in the foot. And so those mistakes end up costing them the game. The higher and higher up you get, it's not just about the ceiling. It's also about being so consistent at, at the core that you stop shooting yourself in the foot. And so it becomes in large part about not making mistakes. Even for example, I just literally watched the Super Bowl yesterday. And the difference in that game was just a few mistakes that the Eagles made, which the Chiefs did not make. And so again, at the very highest levels, it's about not making those mistakes because the skills are so masterful. But if you keep making the mistakes, if you have such a low floor, that's what's ultimately going to cost you what you really, really want. And so you want on on a daily basis to raise your average. I think that A good model for this, its I don't fully believe in the model, is what James Clear would call getting 1% better every day. So that's just raising your floor a little bit every day. Becoming more conscious, bringing yourself back to center. Higher quality and less quantity of all things. How you do anything is how you do everything. So it's really about when you catch yourself engaging in a behavior that's pulling you away from the goal. You know, rather than taking two steps forward today and two steps back and ultimately averaging zero, you take two steps forward and maybe just one step back, right? Or you go zero steps back And you're better off doing nothing than something. Perfection is not when there's nothing left to add, but when there's nothing left to remove. It's a beautiful quote. Less but better in all things, higher quality, less quantity. And so if during your day you can catch yourself in an and where you're where you're engaging in behaviors that are lowering the overall floor for the day. And if you can stop those by remembering your vision, recommitting, again, it's an act of recommitting, being conscious, letting it go. Emotionally, a temptation, and this is true in addictions and things like that, emotionally, it's about 60 seconds that if you can just pause, become intentional, maybe have an activity or behavior. Often when it comes to addiction, if you, if you start to get tempted to do something, for example, it could be consume some form of unhealthy thing, you know, whether it's drugs or even sugar or even just subconsciously jumping on social media. Sometimes you can beat those things by just cognitively thinking like this is taking me in the wrong direction. But sometimes you have to actually engage in, in a physical activity. And this is something that they teach youth, but also just even adults who are trying to overcome addictions is once it gets to a place where physically you're starting to like really crave the and, and by physically, it's mostly, mostly emotionally, emotionally, you, you want you want the whatever the benefit is that you get from that. If you can get yourself into your body by doing some form of physical activity, drop and do 10 or 15 push-ups, go outside, change environments, context switching is powerful, and do some form of physical activity, 25 jumping jacks, or or run around the block, that physical activity will often be enough to pull you back to center, and then the the self-sabotage goes away, and then eventually you can just train yourself. To not do that. There's actually a psychological principle for applying this activity. They call it implementation intentions. And it's basically the idea that you have an if-then scenario. If X happens, then Y I will I will engage in Y. Y is the strategy. So if I get tempted to jump on social media and mindlessly scroll, I'm gonna get up, go get a cup of water, and do 15 jumping jacks. And you then train yourself that the trigger becomes a trigger for the higher trigger. The trigger of You know, wanting to randomly scroll leads to the trigger of I'm going to do the positive behavior get myself back to center and come back and stay intentional and eventually the the other habit the bad habit goes away and you've replaced it with a good habit these are a few ways to look at your day you want to look at your average and you want to raise your floor and catch yourself when you're starting to go backwards and have some form of implementation intention to pull yourself back to center and perfection is not when there's nothing left to add but when there's nothing left to take away and your life takes on the form of your days. And you want your days to be focused on quality, not quantity. You want to apply the 80-20 rule where you're focused on the 20% of things that are creating almost all the results. And you want to remove the 80% of things which are essentially representing a low floor. Your 80% represents your past, not your future. Your 80% speeds up your time, meaning your task switching like crazy and you're up at the surface and you're only seeing the small fish. Whereas if you do less activity in a given day, and you're batching high-quality 20% activities that create your future self, then you can go deep, 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 and you can start catching bigger fish. You can start having bigger seismic transformations. You can start being in bigger flow. You can start really learning the rules of your 10x game, and you can let go of your past self. You can stop taking one step forward and one step back, but you can start genuinely taking one step forward every day. And as you raise that floor, then you're going to become a master because then you're going to stop shooting yourself in the foot all the time. And you're going to be doing less, but better in all things, higher quality, less quantity. And that's how you ultimately go 10X. That's how you become a master at what you do. Most people will never become masters. Most people are are going to stay surface level at all that they do. They're going to be caught in a million webs of distraction, task switching, mentally getting triggered, pulled different directions hundreds of times a day and they're not batching for flow, and they're not designing their days, weeks, months, and years for focus flow and recovery flow. And they're not raising their floor. So if you can do these things, you will be able to start achieving more in a day than the average person does in a month. And it's not about activity, it's about progress. There's a difference between speed and progress. This is about progress. This is about genuine depth of progress in a desired direction. So if you batch just for a straight day, me for example, batch a certain activity. This could be writing a book or learning something. And I go really deep on that and I start catching a big fish, right? I get into a deep flow and catch a fish that's call it worth 50 compared to the little fish, which are worth one. And so as you go deeper into flow, doing one thing, boom, you can catch a big fish. You can have a big insight. You can have a big change. You can have a big insight. That then leads to results. This is about progress and results, not busyness and effort. Not all effort is created equal. And so it's not about effort or time expended. It's about the level of change and the level of progress and the level of results you can get. And so this is about getting better results in one day than most people get in a month because most people are going to get small results in a month because most people are at the surface. And so what they're doing is high quantity, low quality. They're never in deep flow. They're not highly prioritized towards their big term future self, and they don't have true focus and true recovery. Instead, they're never fully on, never fully off. And it deeply impacts their sleep. And so they're not transforming their brain through sleep at night. I'm telling you, you can achieve way more in a day than the average person does in a month. You can achieve more in a day than your former self did in a month by optimizing for flow, by raising your floor, and by doing batching, where you're doing one or two things max a day. And you're going really deep. And, and you're not task switching on those. You're applying that maker schedule not the manager schedule. You're not, you're not building around the hour. By the way, building your life around the hour is akin to focusing on how much you can grow in the next 10 days. Whereas building your life around the day is akin to how much you can achieve in the next 10 years. And it's a lot better to optimize for success in the next 10 years than success in the next 10 days. If you start focusing on where could I be in 10 years from now versus where could I be in 10 days from now, then you're going to start living a lot more strategically. and You're going to start doing less but better. You're going to weed out most of the things you're doing. So you absolutely can achieve more in a day than the average person does in a month. You can achieve more flow. You can catch bigger fish. You, and, and as you make this a way of life, by the way, where you make flow a way of life, focus flow and recovery flow, there's a great quote from Jean Rousseau where he said, the person who has lived the most days is not the person who has lived the most life. It's the person who's had the most meaningful or transformational, powerful experiences. As you get better and better at living in flow and raising your floor, which is raising your integrity towards your future self and not being pulled back by your past self, as you get better at this, then it will start to compound where maybe in the beginning, you're living at the surface and you're catching one pound fish, you know, or maybe even minnows. But then you get better and better at doing less but better, higher quality, less quantity. Whereas maybe in a a month from now, you are we all have an average, right? Your average value of day in progress maybe your average day right now is three fish. You're catching three fish. Maybe in a month from now, you'll be catching 30 pounds of fish. And rather than catching three individual fish, you might be catching 10 individual fish. Or maybe you're catching now two 15-pound fish, higher quality, less quantity. But maybe in in a year or two from now or three years from now, by practicing this, maybe you're actually catching 3,000-pound fish. Whereas your past self was catching three fish a day, now you're catching 3,000 pounds of fish a day. A lot of it could be leveraged through other people. A lot of it could be because you're now taking on bigger projects. Um, And maybe you're catching, you know, you're catching six 500-pound fish a day, whereas your past self was catching three one-pound fish a day. So the quality of your day, the impact of your day, the value of your day, the value of your time, whatever you focus on expands, whatever you focus on you create more of. Higher quality, less quantity in all things. You could achieve more in one day than the average person does in a month. And in the future, your future self, if you get better and better at this, raising your floor, being in flow, going deep, you can live more or achieve more, grow more in a day than the average person does in a year or in a lifetime. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Be Your Future Self podcast. I'm Dr. Benjamin Hardy, author of Be Your Future Self Now. Be sure to go to futureself.com, put your email in and get immediate access to all the goodies. The one-page future self cheat sheet, which I recommend you print and put somewhere close by so that you can reference it. The full future self course and other goodies, such as my Peak State Checklist, which has been downloaded almost a million times, and my ebook, Slipstream Time Hacking. Go to futureself.com, get those free goodies, and until next time, be your future self now. Talk to you soon.